Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth, with each other, and with the divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. Hi, my name is Joe Davis, and I'm a multimedia spoken word poet and artist activist. And uh, when, I, when I say multimedia spoken word poet, what I mean by that is that I look at life through a poetic lens. I see poetry everywhere. And so I allow the poems to come to life in whatever ways they're speaking to me. So I've used film, dance, music, uh, but primarily uh, spoken word poetry. So that's taking what's on the page to the stage and really embodying the, the words of the poem. Uh, researchers say that anywhere from like 75 to 90% of communication is nonverbal. And so we express ourselves through facial expressions and body language and all sorts of things that we're doing that we don't even realize. And so spoken word poetry takes all those things into consideration in order to communicate a message of how we feel. And so I'm just super passionate about it. I see, I see poetry just as this really powerful vessel of, of communication of how we feel, expressing a multitude of, of experiences. And so I got started at a very young age when I was a little kid. I always talk about how I would write poems to my schoolyard crush, like the cutest girl at school. And I joke, I say, my friends were like, ooh, you gonna get cooties? I was like, I don't care, I wanna get cooties. And I was always a little lover. And even just recently, I had a friend of mine that I grew up with. I wrote some of my first poems uh, to her. And her mom found some of the old poems that I had written. And she was reading through them. She's like, ooh, this Joe Davis, she should have stuck with him. But it was just really funny, really silly. Um, and that's how I got started writing. But I took poetry more seriously um, later on. Not, not too long after that, it was about in the third grade, I got really, really sick. I had what was called atopic dermatitis, or more commonly known as eczema. And, um, you know, it's, it's common for folks to have it. It's, it, it's like a rash or, or um, dry skin. But I had it to the point where it inflamed my entire body. I had a really severe case. And so my skin wasn't doing its job of protecting my body from outside infections and like my white blood cell count had dropped and there was times I passed out on the bathroom floor. My house had to be rushed to the emergency room. So I was experiencing all of this in elementary school and I didn't know how to articulate what I felt, but I would write about it. I would pour my heart and soul out into to notebooks um, and just try to make sense of it, try to understand it. And when I went back to school, I missed a lot of school, but when I went back to school, I had teachers and, and other mentors and adults in my life who were like, hey, you're, you're a strong writer. This is good stuff. You should share this. And of course, I didn't want to share it first because this is my, my vulnerable, deep, 
innermost feelings and I didn't know how people were going to respond if they're going to judge me they're going to make fun of me and I, I just didn't want to be embarrassed but like like many great teachers they were persistent and and kept trying to pull that out of me and so eventually I started sharing slowly but surely um, like in the third grade I remember I entered a poetry competition and I got first place and that surprised me but it let me know that my words were appreciated and valued and then as I started to share more, I, I can remember almost every single time someone coming up to me afterwards and saying, hey, like what you said, like I felt like that before. Or I've thought like that before. And I used to think that I was the only one who, who thought and felt the ways that I did. But actually sharing it, I recognized a common struggle, a common story. I was able to connect with people and build relationships. And I saw as a way to build community and just, just really grow in that and so that made me want to share more and more and more and so I, I, I teach now um, I teach a lot of writing workshops and I always say you do best what you do most um, and so the more that I did I was kind of exercising that creative muscle and became more confident in doing it and I would go so I actually grew up in Minot North Dakota and uh, we went to this, this little church on the prairie as they called it in the middle of a wheat field and on Sunday mornings they would have the kids share stuff. Like I would do speeches and, and kind of share things that I had. At first I started sharing like the traditional stuff that they already had for the kids to read. And I started kind of writing my own stuff and sharing my own stuff. And then even outside of the church, I would go to music shows. Punk rock was, was big in Minot, North Dakota when I was growing up. And so I would go to these punk rock shows and in the middle of the sets, my friends and organizers of the event, they would say, hey, you can, you can share some poetry. And so that kind of transitioned into me getting more into music as well. Um, one of my, my best friends, we would go down in his, in his parents' basement and he would play his guitar. I would just freestyle and we would come up with songs. Some of them were actually super ridiculous, like horrible. Like we have it recorded on tapes. And so I go back and listen to them. I'm like, what were we thinking? Like this stuff, we thought this stuff was good. But yeah, so I really got into music. And what was super transformative for me was when I graduated from high school, one of my old high school teachers who was, who was a big supporter of my work, she invited me back to her classroom as she was teaching a poetry session, their, their, their unit for the year. And she said, hey, you know, my kids are not really feeling it right now. They, they think poetry is boring, but I know that you perform throughout town and you make it exciting and you're very passionate about it. Can you come and share that with my students? And so I came and just shared some of my story and shared some of my pieces and it ended up being a big hit. And so that class ended up telling other teachers and I went to other classrooms. And then before you know it, I'm going to all these different schools throughout North Dakota. And so that really let me know that I could share in that capacity and could teach in that capacity as well. And so I, I never knew that I could be a full-time artist or full-time poet. But I think having those experiences planted that seed. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can actually do this. And so other people who have been super instrumental are, are people like uh, Agape, David Shear, or Rachel Kurtz, where I met them as I was performing. David in particular, I was speaking at a youth convention in North Dakota and David Shear, he's a, a Lutheran hip-hop artist. He was performing, he was the artist. And so we connected there. And I was like, this guy is a full-time artist. He's going all across the country, sometimes even around the world, to perform music. 
and he's kind of built that career from the ground up. And so I was like, how did you do it? How do you do it? And so we kind of started an informal mentorship and just became really great friends over the years. He actually invited me to come out to Minneapolis, Minnesota when I was still in college. And we kicked it for a weekend. And I think he kind of had it planned perfectly. So like I went there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. On the Friday, he had this big party at his house. And he invited all the coolest artist folk in the Twin Cities. We're talking rappers, writers, dancers. They all came to his house and like we, we got to chop it up. And then the following day, we went to a Timberwolves game, like basketball. So we, we got to experience that. And then Sunday, he brought me to Redeemer Lutheran Church. And that's where I met Pastor Kelly Chapman. He's the he's like this visionary pastor there. And afterwards, we we went out to eat. He's like, hey, what's your favorite food? And I was like, I love soul food. He's like, okay, I got the perfect spot. Went to this, this soul food joint in North Minneapolis. And by the end of our conversation there, Pastor Kelly had offered me a job in Minneapolis. And like this this adventure like began, you know, if I was able to, if I was open to to jumping on that. But I was still still in undergrad, so I was like weighing my options. I wanted to do the full-time artist thing, but I wasn't sure how that was even possible. And so I, I got accepted into this artist residency in New York um, with a small cohort. So I spent a summer in New York after undergrad, did some cool street, it was a Christian artistry cohort. And so I got to do some street art with them. We were in the subways making music and the, the whole summer culminated in this collaborative art piece that we did together. And we were inviting folks from all over the city to come to it. And that was this phenomenal experience that I got to have. But I like to say it was, it was really fast paced for me. Like New York is just wild. It really never sleeps. And like, it was hard for me to keep up with that, especially coming from North Dakota, small city, big city. And so what I like to say is I moved from the big apple to the little apple. And I actually took, went to Minneapolis and then decided to live there and take Pastor Kelly up on his offer. And I worked there at Redeemer Lutheran Church for a while, working with the youth. And then they kind of created a position for me that wasn't in existence before. I became the poet in residence. They didn't, they never had a poet in residence before, but that, that, they let me really lean into my gifts. And so that, that was just so cool for me to be able to have people like make way for me. And so to this day, like I worked there for a year and a half, and now I, I'm a full-time artist as of the last couple of years. And um, I say I'm indebted, incredibly indebted to folks like Pastor Kelly and David Shear, Rachel Kurtz, others who've like made way for me to be able to, to really live into my gift. Because without that, I don't think this would be possible. Just the support of the community and uh, just, just good folks who are like, hey, you know, this is what you're, you're called to do. We want to support you in that. And so... Yeah, just been able to, to do that. And like I said, I'm involved in a lot of projects. I teach, but I also um, have a band and I have um, one of my favorite projects that I'm involved in is called Poetry Behind the Walls. And we work with youth who have been incarcerated and we do writing workshops and then we publish a book every year of poetry by them. And, and when you hear these stories, it's incredible because I think a lot of times the, these youth are, are stigmatized and dehumanized but allowing them to tell their story. Some folks will be like, oh, so you're, you're giving them voice, but I don't believe in that, that phrasing of giving someone voice because everyone has a voice. It's a matter of are we listening to their voices or are we giving those voices the, the space to be heard and to amplify them? So um, that's, been, that's been really powerful to work with them. And then with my band, 
that's really life giving. It's it's like I've I've been big on learning different styles of leadership and really living into different styles of leadership. So I'm 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 not big on hierarchical leader structures, even though I know they work sometimes. But with the band, I've been able to experiment and collaborate a lot. And so it's just six of us, brilliant musicians, full bands, singing and dancing and rapping and doing poetry. And we've got the chance to, to travel a little bit too. So that's a real fun part project. We're called the Poetic Diaspora. And so we're all about just uh, honoring like the sacred humanity and telling the stories of, of, of you know our community that isn't always heard, especially living in North Minneapolis. And, and that's another spot that's like, it has a bad rep. Um, some of it's racial, some of it's political, socioeconomic, you know, it's, it's all there, but living there for the past nearly five years now, it's, I've seen the vibrancy and the resilience of, of the people and I love it there. And so that all of that influences my art and, and the reason why I, I create is to, to impact folks and to make those connections across lines that wouldn't otherwise be connected. And I think there's something special about poetry, about music, about sharing stories, where people open up and engage in a way that they wouldn't otherwise. And, and I think that's powerful, that's needed in the world for people to, to step out, outside of their comfort zones, outside of these boxes, and a lot of growth can happen from, from that. So that's what I love to do. Wherever I am, I try to, try to just bring my full self and try to bring life and bring love. I'm a love poet, so I talk a lot about love. So what I do. Yeah. So yeah, I'll share, I'll share a piece here. So I, I get the chance to go to different community centers and different retreats and organizations all, all across the country. And so I was at a retreat similar to Holden Village, but Holden Village is special. There's like nowhere like Holden Village for real. So, but, but the, the spirit of it was like folks coming in, not knowing what they were stepping into. So there's a lot of apprehension, a lot of questions, people coming from all across the spectrum, different stories. And so I wanted to write something that spoke to that that tension, but also welcomed them into it as well, to lean into it. So I wrote this piece called Show Up, and, and just speaking on the importance of showing up no matter how you feel, no matter what questions you have, just to show up and give your all. So that's what this piece is about. Show Up. We were each called to this place, this time and season. We may not yet know the rhyme or reason. You may not feel, think, or believe in the same things I believe in, but we've been asked to show up. Show up from whatever region of discernment you are from. You can come here to retreat. Bring your full self, both your head and your heart, your hands and your feet and everything infinitely beyond any duality, your sexuality, sexual identity, gender, race, age, and ability, we all have the ability to be. Without you, I am incomplete. Without you, there is no me. I need you to not just survive, but to thrive, to come fully awake and alive with potential and possibility. Join me at the table for it is wide and there is lots of food to eat. So show up and be fed and feed others, satiating a different kind of hunger, fueling the fire in our bellies. No matter what journey you're on, you are invited to sing a new song, breaking forth like the dawn in the pulpit or beyond. 
to laugh, cry, dance, write, breathe, and bleed into the margins and follow the call into the farthest reaches of who we are. Whether you run, walk, crawl, even if you fall, we fall in love. But just show up. Show up to answer our prophetic call to justice, to transform the soul and the bodily world the soul inhabits. Show up with all your awkwardness and bad habits. Show up with your doubts and questions. Here you can ask them. Show up with your wounds and scars. We all have baggage, but know that this is the place where together we can unpack it. This is no coincidence. You are not here by accident. You are here to share the stories of your sacred passage. You are the only you there ever has been. You are not the magician. You are the magic. So show up to this place here where there is no grace period. There is only grace, period. Bring your fears and insecurities. Let us marvel in the mystery. Let us listen each other to life with deep, holy listening. Can you hear it? The sound of the genuine within, the spirit stirring near you. But if you don't show up, how can anyone hear you? Show up. Even if you don't know for certain, you may have the truth and healing for which the world is searching. In this grand universe, we are but small groups yet bigger because of our hearts within the circle, our hearts that are broken, hearts that are open, so that the light can shine through. A little hope for the hopeless. Wherever you go, simply know the spirit of this place goes with you. So go, ready with sleeves rolled up, always growing, never fully grown up, ready to show love, ready with all your heart, mind, body, and all your soul, simply show up. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.